1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
2: I mean, every every time I get to David Lightman, I feel like we're going into the ring for the fifteenth round of a heavyweight bout because there's so much heavy stuff, David. Like this, just it's too. Oh, much. I know it's too much for me. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. to do. Um, well, give... the
1: funny thing is that in, what not next week, the week after Thanksgiving week, the whole city's going to just close up actually closed up today it's veterans day
2: well the truth is there's no better motivator for these folks in congress than time off to get something done so (laughs) i mean between (laughs) i mean i'll give you i'll make it sort of expert choice here Mm -hmm. um you know between mike johnson getting it done by the 17th between mansion and what it means between the debate and what you took out of it between rfk getting on the ballots (laughs) in all 50 states where do you want to start
1: um, start with mansion because I think that's the most consequential, although what happens in the House can be consequential as well. We'll get to that. But start with Manchin, because, you know, Democrats have a 51-49 majority, and they have to defend 23 seats next year. Republicans only have to defend 10. All 10 of those look pretty safe. Democrats say, well, we can try to pick off Republicans in Texas and Florida. Really? Sure. Rick Scott and Ted Cruz? I mean, I know they're going to pour money in there and expertise and all that, but, boy, that's... Ooh, that's a long shot. So you got 23 Democratic seats up, including states like Ohio, Montana, Arizona, Wisconsin. I mean, Manchin leaving means West Virginia pr- probably, almost certainly, ends up Republican. Uh, there are two ca- major candidates. One of them is a former governor, Jim Justice, who's very popular. So put Virginia, West Virginia back in the Republican column 50-50. Democrats have to hold on to what they've got. And hope that Biden gets reelected so they'd have the fifth. I mean, you see the math. It's very, very difficult. So Manchin, this is a political earthquake there.
2: Well, but let me ask you, though, because, you know, we can get to the reason he did this in a second. But there's a chance that he might not have won, even if he ran.
1: I agree. Yeah. I mean, that's a state that uh, Trump carried twice by enormous margins, what, 42 points or something? So, yeah. And if he ended up running against this guy, Jim Justice, the former governor, he might very well lost. Justice is very popular. And Manchin has a D next to his name. And you can see the commercials now. They're going to have him, you know, face to face with Joe Biden uh, on the ads in West Virginia. So, yeah, uh, that we don't know. We can't get inside the guy's brain. Uh, and there's all kinds of speculation as to why he's not running, but I, I agree with you. I mean, he probably wouldn't have won.
2: So if, if you know, listen, I, I mean, I think he's open to the run. The question is, you know, I hear from, the, you know, we had Lieberman on the no labels folks and people of the rumors, you know, Manchin and John Hunts, Huntsman and right. so on and so forth. Say that happened, who does that help and who does that hurt? I mean, the conventional wisdom is you pluck a lot of independence that hurts the Democrat, but I don't know.
1: Uh, that's the great parlor game right now. There's different schools of thought. One is you have all these sort of moderate Republicans, particularly in New England, particularly in Connecticut, the people who once elected Lowell Weicker and John Rowland and Chris Shays and Nancy Johnson, uh, that those people would be open to a no labels. I mean, they were open to Lieberman back in the day when he ran for Senate. I mean, Remember he his run against Ned Lamont in what yes. was it, oh six when he was an indep- when Lieberman was an independent. So you have that. You have a lot of that in the New England states, what they used to call Rockefeller Republicans. Uh, is that enough though for no labels to win the presidency? I doubt it. Uh, the stranglehold that the two major parties have in state after state is pretty thick. Especially in presidential elections.
2: Well, and then there's the RFK element, and I hadn't really thought about it. I saw a story, it might have been on your website, Mm McClatchyDC.com, that RFK still has to get on the ballot, and that is not a small task, right? I mean, is he going to be able to get on the ballot in 50
1: states? Boy, it's going to be rough. I mean, look, right now... He's he's drawing crowds because he's his last name is Kennedy. There's <laughs> a fascination there. Plus, he's a vehicle for some of the anti-vax types. True. But and young nobody, people, by
2: the way, young people are gravitating. Goes on Joe Rogan, and young people are into him.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah but are they going to come out and actually vote for him? I the, the, he is not seen at the moment as any kind of great threat, unless this race becomes too close to call. And you know, his one percent. If it comes to that, makes a difference somewhere. But right now, hmm. Eh, and also who does he draw v- votes from? Well, you that's, know, that's my Trump.
2: that's my question. Yeah. I, I'm not sure about that because you know he started off as a democrat, the family name is a democrat name and also, you know, he polled at 22. I'm not saying he's going to get 22, but he might no. get more. He might get more than one and you know we saw what Perot did to Bush and oh, yeah. and to Clinton, so I mean he could he could end up making a difference in who wins the presidency.
1: Yeah, he could. Uh and but again it's a tough call because you would think he'd appeal to Trump supporters, but on the other hand, will Trump supporters vote for a guy for a Kennedy? <laughs> I mean, no matter how much you agree with them, he's a Kennedy and right. that name is poison to the far right.
2: You know, that's Fair point. David Lightman, McClatchy, D.C., joining us here on Brian & Company. Mike Johnson, I mean, I, nobody, yep. nobody, the average person, I mean, he's got a generic name, and his profile is generic, and we see some of the politics, but the question is, is he going to be able to get something done by the 17th, or is he over his head?
1: That's the great guessing game. There were signs yesterday, the day before, that, in fact, you know, this guy doesn't know how to run the house. Uh, there were two big spending bills that they were debating, and— um, at nine, let's see, Wednesday night at 9 o'clock, they pulled one of them. They didn't have the votes. That was on transportation and housing. Then yesterday, they were doing one on uh, several different agencies. Again, it should have been a shoe in, but again, they didn't have the votes and they pulled it. Now, this should be routine stuff. And so people were walking around saying, well, why doesn't he muscle it through? Why doesn't he cut deals? Why doesn't he do what a speaker does? Well, the answer is he's never been in leadership, he's never chaired a committee. So. We'll see what happens this week. They're supposed to let us know today. They almost have to. What their plan is to avoid this government shutdown a week from today. Um, If they want to just go ahead and say we'll continue spending the way we are through pick a date, December fifteenth, Senate probably go along with that, and that's that. If they want to start loading it up with stuff about the border patrol and Gaza and this and that, then it's going to be a tense weekend next weekend. Hmm. But he has not shown, by the way, at the moment, uh, he, he's not showing that he understands how to be a speaker. Now, that could all change today or tomorrow or Monday, but we'll see.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess the whip is going to be pretty important. I, you know, uh, we're talking with David Lightman from McClatchy, D.C. here on Bryan & Company on WTIC News Talk 1080. Any thoughts on the the Republican debate and... You know, I mean, again, Trump's still on average ahead by close to 40 or whatever. Right. And so, I mean, it's, it, it doesn't even matter.
1: Well, here's what we in journalistic community are struggling with. And we struggle with this every November before a presidential election. How much are the voters paying attention? I mean, how much are they weighing who they like, who they don't like? There's always going to be a fixed number of people who are for candidate X no matter what. But you always see when voting time comes, these surges. Because all of a sudden, people start paying attention or, or taking it seriously. It's one thing to say, I'm for Bobby Kennedy or Robert Kennedy or uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden right now, because you're not voting, right? You're expressing an opinion. But when it actually comes down to make the choice, things often change. And so, yes, we're wondering what's in the getting into the voters' mind right now. I mean, the consensus is, of course, that Nikki Haley is doing very well. I mean, the analysis... The consensus was that she seemed very authentic, uh, gave as good as she got, knew her stuff on foreign policy. Um, DeSantis held his own. I mean, he, you know, like him or hate him, the guy uh, knows issues. He knows where he stands, etc. cetera. Uh, Christie was a little more subdued, yeah, which he is was. interesting. Yeah, and Ramaswamy, well, I'll leave that one to the, the yeah. pundits and I mean, uh, listen,
2: he he kept me awake but he i i it's hard to consider him a credible candidate
1: i i know what he's trying to do here he's trying to be trump yeah i mean with that same you know give him hell personality but uh he's not trump nobody's trump yeah. and nobody should try to be trump
2: yeah you got to be something that's yourself because he's a he's a once in a forever character uh david thank you have a great weekend we'll talk to you soon
1: Okay, great. You too. Thanks.
2: All right. The great David Lightman from McClatchy, D.C., joining us here. I'm Brian and company.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.